Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Unending Rebuild. So happy to be back here on this Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening in. Um, as always, it's myself, Will Kais, alongside Josh Lee and Jared Perlman. Guys, say what's up. What up, guys? Um, super excited for our 23rd episode. Uh, crazy how far we've come since the middle of the summer when we started this podcast, but um, very excited to talk today. Uh, always super excited for this season because my commanders are six and five. Uh, we're in the playoffs. We're back. We're back. Just as we expected. Taylor Heineke's the goat, um, but um, we have Perlman over here, resident <laughs> Cowboys fan. Yes, sir. The Cowboys had a much better week than anybody. I mean, even the other teams that got dubs, good for you, but nobody routed the the Vikings like us, 40-3. to three. The Cowboys' defense was just unstoppable, and so was Tony Pollard. So that was just – it was so fun to watch just every play. Uh, he was going off, and, and they gave Zeke a couple touchdowns so that Tony didn't, you know, ruin everybody's fantasy week. Um, so, so, you know, it was cool to see everybody get some. Um, but CD came back down to earth, which was a little unfortunate for him. But just a, such an exciting game. The Cowboys' defense is carrying me into – two leagues uh they're so exciting uh to watch for fantasy and for the team so it's been good it's fun to watch it was an exciting week for fantasy and i'm excited to talk about it let's get into it yeah one more on the cowboys like the their pass rush is disgusting it's one of the best pass rushes i've i've ever seen like they were pressuring cousins literally had zero time he had like one second and then he's down it was absurd it's so fun to watch it's so hard for the opposing quarterback and the opposing offense when you can get to the quarterback with four people and you have Michael Parsons, you know, getting there in under two seconds, basically, it's just, it's, he's insane. it's so fun to watch. He's so good. He's so good. I think he's getting to that tier of like Aaron Donald. Like it's close. If he's able to sustain this for a couple more years, like he's in that tier, I think. Yeah. I mean, he was in the running for defensive player of the year as a rookie. And I think, you know, he should be in there again, whether he wins it or not, you know, that's one thing, but you know, he's in the upper echelon of defensive players for sure. Oh yeah. 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 He, he, I saw him tweet at uh, one of like the NFL analysts who put out like an MVP ranking, and he was like, Oh, this is the QB award. Aaron Donald should have won the MVP easily. I mean, it's anyway, they don't, they don't put up fantasy points today. The MVP shouldn't be a regular season award. Like, you shouldn't like go 13 and three and then bow in the first round of the playoffs and, and win an MVP. Like, I don't know, like give me some playoff awards. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like, and then they announce, but then they also announce it like toward the end of the year, like right before the Super Bowl or something. Yeah. And so like yeah. the Super yeah. Bowl or the playoff run always influences it anyway. So it's, it's silly. But um, from uh, one young football player to another, Jamison Williams is returning. He's Let's returning go. to practice. J-Mo. Um, hey, that's our the, guy. That's been our the guy. Entire, the entire success of this podcast is based upon how well Jamison Williams does. We'll have to pull uh, all the receipts if J-Mo hits. <laughs> Sorry, when J-Mo hits. Yeah, <laughs> when. Um, but yeah, I think we can expect him back. Maybe not this week, but probably the following week, right? Because um, especially this is the Thursday game against Buffalo. I mean, that'd be kind of cruel to throw him in uh, on Thanksgiving Day for the first time. Would also be crazy Buffalo. though if they threw him in there and he just explodes on Probably. Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I would. 
three <laughs> balls of wine and celebrating. Like, I'd be so excited if JMO just went off. Oh, Dude, yeah. Amazing. Like, imagine you had that Randy stat line. He gets like three catches. Yeah. Yards, no, that, that's the that's the Christian Watson stat line. No, I, don't no, know. No. I don't know who this oh, Randy guy is. Guys. No, not, yet. <laughs> yet. not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Hey, that would be hype, though. I mean, JMO is close to coming back. The offense, they have a spot for him now, especially without TJ Hawkinson there. Uh, Swift, you know, not quite being the pass catching back so far that we a lot of people had hoped. Uh, and so, like, there's a lot of room for, I think, JMO to come in, in there and operate. Uh, Josh Reynolds has had a few games. Khalif Raymond has had his role. And, you know, JMO is obviously going to play a role for those guys. And this offense has been cooking. Uh, you know, it's not uh, a a top tier offense, but they can score a lot of points and their defense is bad. So they're going to have to keep scoring basically the entire game of every game. So uh, there's lots of room for JMO this year and hopefully he can, he can pay it off because that speed is unreal. It's coming. It's coming. And I think he, he like fits perfectly into like what that offense needs right now. Cause like Amon Ross St. Brown, like runs all of the underneath like slot routes and then just have that one guy that can just like take the top off of the defense. I can't, I can't wait because like even in week one, like DJ Shark had like like a sixty yard touchdown catch, and then week two he dropped like a fifty yard, uh, deep fifty yard pass, and I don't know. It, I expect JMO to be better than DJ Shark, so I'm I'm super excited for to watch him play. I I can't wait. Yeah, and I know that Goff gets made fun of and such, but like he's good enough to like get JMO the ball, um, in space and with the deep ball. So I. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Khalif Raymond or Josh Reynolds or whoever can look good in that offense, Tom Kennedy, um, you know. Hey, I, Tom Kennedy, that's our guy. <laughs> uh, um, I don't endorse that one. But, uh, <laughs> if he was on Bill Belichick's team, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, every receiver has looked good in that system, and he's got everything he needs to succeed. Um, and – I'm very, very, very glad that the Lions were responsible and did not rush him back uh, so that we could see full-speed JMO, or at least partly full-speed JMO right away. But we don't have to really worry about that re-injury concern as much because I hate when teams rush, rush guys back. It's just the worst. You know, I mean, we've seen it with like Keenan Allen this year or Chris Godwin when we got hurt right off the bat after coming off the ACL. It's just the worst thing to do for your players. Yeah, I'm, I'm like on that same boat. Like, I'm so happy that they took the necessary time that JMO needed to recover. Cause like you said, guys, like the hamstrings are usually pretty weak and they're like, the hamstring is like the, what's taken like the full uh, force of what used to be on that ACL. Um, so the hamstring gets uh, overused uh, during that recovery period from the ACL. Um, so I'm glad that they gave him what a full, once he comes back, it'll be like a full 11, 11 months pretty much. Um, Cause he tore it. What? Uh, in the SEC championship game back in like late December, early January of uh, yeah. this year. So he's had a long time to recover. And I think he's their prized possession. There's a reason that they gave him all this time to recover. And uh, he's, I think he's going to be a force in the league for many years to come. Yeah. I'm really excited. My dynasty team is um, just desperate for an alpha wide receiver. So hoping that'll be JMO. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the receivers this year have been so good in this draft class, and another one's been Christian Watson. I mean, it's two weeks now, back-to-back. Like, come on. What is he on? Five touchdowns now in two weeks, uh, was yep. it? He's on a yeah. tear. He's on a heater. 
I, what was that stat that I sent them? It's more touchdowns than DJ Moore's ever had in a single season. Yeah, DJ Moore has never broken oh. the touchdown four touchdowns uh, three years in a row, or I guess yeah. four years in a row now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Christian Watson is that he seems still really raw, and yet he continues to produce. You know, like you watch him, he still has issues tracking the ball. His hands aren't the best, and he's still putting up those numbers. So if he's able to like keep working and figure things out and stuff, like. I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I am, I am really excited to see what he can do, uh, given that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's so nice for him to play with Rodgers. Like, oh, uh, yeah. I think you know he's giving a lot of confidence now, especially these last couple of weeks. Rodgers is trusting him, and like you know, we saw on that first touchdown this week, uh, he was completely blanketed. Uh, Rodgers rolls out of the pocket and he just throws it up to him, and Christian Watson goes up and comes down with it. Uh, he's able to make contested catches in those kind of situations, which is uh, a lot more than I think some of us thought coming in. So that's a huge uh, upgrade to his game there. Uh, He obviously does still have some ball tracking problems, but when the quarterback can drop it straight in the bucket, uh, like on the second touchdown, um, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, Playing with a guy like Rodgers, it, it helps him a lot because he can put it right on the money like he did on that second long touchdown. Um, and I think he's going to continue to do that for, you know, a year or two or maybe even three. Rodgers can still play football. He still can throw the ball very well. And so if Watson just keeps developing, uh, the sky is the limit with him because of how phys- physically gifted he is as a prospect. Um, if he can just keep getting better at those, you know, minor details of the position, uh, there's there's no telling how good he can be on this team. Um, that said, you know, he still does have a lot of things to work on. There are minor details in a lot of areas uh, that he has to work on, but I think that he should continue to be a good asset um, this year and, and maybe in the future as well, um, depending on who they bring in. Um, but he looks to be, you know, a good receiver in the NFL. He's got the body type for it. He's got the speed for it. And with the quarterback he has, those touchdowns will continue to come, maybe not five and two weeks, but he will be a good a good touchdown uh, receiver in my opinion uh, in the future and and you know it's just going to keep getting better yeah I kind of echo a lot of the points that you brought up Perlman um, I'm sorry for slandering him guys uh, I'll eat crow at this point um, <laughs> yay <laughs> I, I just want to I just want to say one more thing I remember a specific instant around weeks three or four um, John telling me that like I was watching Christian Watson's routes and I was like I just couldn't give up on the guy because I kept seeing him get open. He just wasn't getting the ball. He had those injury spells, but and he wasn't even running that many routes. But I would watch it, and he would just burn the hell out of this guy. It was like he was just running like a hundred meter sprints. It was great. Yeah, I mean, we always knew Christian Watson was fast. It was just like the ability to bring the ball down, and like he's figured it out. It seems like he's a lot more confident. He looks like an alpha receiver when he's out there. So I'm very encouraged by like what I've been seeing from Christian Watson. I even picked him up in a few of my redraft leagues. So um, definitely eight crow there. But hey, well, it's not I'll, bad. You gotta, if you admit your mistakes and don't like you know just like keep hating on the guy and never pick him up anywhere, then that's when it really gets to bite you in the butt. So yeah, that's honestly one of the biggest uh, foul, one of the biggest mistakes by uh, fans football players is like take lock. You got to be able to know when to uh, accept your uh, I guess wrong takes and move on and make sure you're on the uh, on the right side after that. But I'll still always appreciate Christian Watson because. He gave us probably my one of my favorite moments from this NFL season 
during week one. We're all watching <laughs> that game together. Oh like my Chris god! Burns the corn down the side. First line. fucking play of the game. Man. <laughs> you couldn't write it better. Oh man, that was still one of my favorite moments when you're like face down on the ground because it's you're just so. Funny. <laughs> I spent so much time defending this man, and that's how he repaid me. <laughs> He's come around so for you, though. He's made up for yeah. it. No, um, but, and, and that and was so funny. Yeah, it was so funny. And then everyone just, like, hating on this guy for, like, six <laughs> yeah. weeks, calling him shit after one play, and then he gets hurt. Everyone's like, where's Christian Watson? He's a bum. And then he gets healthy and does well, so. Oh, dog. Yeah, no, that's exciting. And, you know, I think we've talked probably a bit uh, – you know, probably enough about him, but we talked about a couple of rookie wide receivers. I wanted to talk about uh, just real quick Traylon Burks, another rookie receiver who finally. Oh, Traylon. Traylon. And he Traylon. was healthy. So hype. He was I think healthy. It was seven for 118, I believe. Seven for 118. Uh, yep. So uh, finally, finally. finally. Too little. <laughs> I know we were all worried about Traylon, uh, worried about his route running ability. Worried about his ability to get open uh, across the middle of the field, uh, but you know he showed a lot of that this week. He he took uh, a deep route and came down with it on not a perfect ball, but a good enough ball from Tannehill. And he also had a key third down conversion uh, to help them score a touchdown as well um, for about two or three yards across the middle of the field. Uh, I like the versatility I saw from Traylon this week. I like the route running. I like his ability to make the catches. Uh, you know, showed he is that big body. And he's just working to get back. Uh, these past few weeks with the turf, though, it's been tough not having him out there, especially after not performing the few, first few weeks. So you just got to give a, a shout-out to the boy for finally showing out this week, getting his first 100-yard game and, and, and doing it for the team uh, in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, I mean, agree with everything, Perlman. Like, I, I always believed. I, I never lost faith in the guy that could put up 8-4-160 and two touchdowns against Bama with – uh, pretty much just garbage around him other than the running backs. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was incredible watching the performance that he put on uh, on Thursday. And um, I was super excited during that entire game. Um, shoot. Well, um, um, oh, yeah. And the, probably the thing that I was like, like I traded for Traylon. I traded Tyree Kill for Traylon Burke. So, like, I had – a ton of faith in him like a few weeks ago. And then the past few weeks, he's like really, really struggled. And Perlman, like last week you said, Oh, like he might be like the only like bust of this class. And I was like, Oh, he heard you. He heard you. Of the offensive skill position guys, you know, before last week, he was the biggest bust. You know, I didn't want to admit it, but it was true. He hadn't produced at the top 20 position like every other receiver had. Um, But, you know, he showed that he can get it done this week. And that's what you love to see. Yeah, especially, like, he's battling through that turf toe. And, like, we know that players, if they get that turf toe, usually, like, they don't put up, like, the fantasy points that we expect from them. Like, I remember when Devontae Adams had turf toe, I think, like, two or three years ago, um, his fantasy points, like, dipped by quite a bit. And so the fact that Traylon's able to – I mean, he even got put on IR for that turf toe. But he, he's obviously still yeah. battling it because turf toe is, like, something that lingers. And he went out and put on a performance and – um he definitely I'm got glad they gave him some time. You know, that putting him on IR does look like it helped. You know, I'm yeah. sure it, it's not fully healed, but you know, he looks he looks healthier and he looks strong and, and fast. So I was glad he got that time. It, it did look like it was helpful. 
Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that like these guys are rookies. You know, they're not just going to figure it out right away, especially when coming off an injury like of turf toe. You know, like that's something that's really impactful. Or uh, looking back to Watson too with his like random assortment of injuries. Um, and even if they don't get injured, sometimes they just need time to figure it out, especially these wide receivers. You know, and we see guys coming into the league so prepared these days, which I think speaks to some better. Um, just general preparation practices within the college game right now, but not every college has that. And some guys are just more raw prospects, good physical uh, players that uh, that need a little bit more time to adjust to the the fine tuning that the NFL uh, requires and out of their game. So, you know, I'm fine waiting for that, you know, when they got the physical tools. Now, it's not always the best thing. I know we, we got guys that have it also that are physical specimens, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes guys just need time and stick with the draft capital unless it's 2-2 Atwell. I think that's really what the lesson is. Unless the guy's 5-6, 150, hey, follow the capital. Hey, 2-2 Atwell had a 67-yard touchdown this past week. <laughs> I, I still don't get the purpose of that draft pick. I feel I like I, I remember I said he was one of my bold predictions about him being like a – Maybe a wide receiver four in value after this year. Or I think it was like wide receiver five. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like, think he's going to get there though. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I was just like, they have to have some sort of plan. Like they, like his one issue was that he was small. But it's not like that's something you can hide, you know. So I, I never mind. I don't know why they took him, but I don't want to talk about Juju Atwell. Let, let let me pose like let, let's say let's let's all put on our GM hats right now. Um. Do you think the Titans made the right move? Or if you were in the Titan GM shoes, would you, knowing what you know now, would you make the AJ Brown for that first round pick to take Traylon Burke's trade? No. I mean, they're in a position to compete. They compete every year. And like they just did, AJ Brown has been healthy this year. Obviously, he wasn't fully healthy last year, but like, that he he's he looks to be the best route runner in the league um by a few stat a few metrics um he's a beast he had a bad game this week but you know that doesn't discount everything he's done this year um i love Traylon. he had a good game this week uh but i think they could have probably afforded to pay him um uh, to pay aj brown and and you know he would have been a better receiver for them this year and probably the next couple he he's a monster and to get one first round pick, it that's a it was a bold trade. He's young. Yeah. Yeah. I was initially I was thinking it was kind of a but you, you look at all the Titans rosters configured right now and it's right, you know, they're they're a good team. They're proving that. Um and they're in they're in a win now mode because they Derek Henry's older. Tannehill's older, you know, so I could understand. Initially, I was thinking, like, you know, they're thinking that they don't want to pay AJ Brown because, like, in a year or two, they're going to have to um, rebuild. But, like, honestly, fuck that. Like, you got, like, you got one or two years left. Go for it. Pay your guy. Figure it out later. Uh, and also, it's not like AJ Brown's like some guy you have to overpay for. He's like a very good, very good player. Uh, so, yeah, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, especially in hindsight while thinking about it. So I thought Jerry brought some good points. So it looks like uh, at the beginning of this season, the Titans had $5.2 million in salary cap space. Um, I know AJ Brown got a $25 million a year contract. Maybe they can like push that to the back end. So they probably would have had to let go um, someone that had like a higher salary cap hit to make room for that. Maybe like 
a Bud Dupree. Um, I'm not sure what he, how he's been playing this season. I haven't heard too much of him, honestly. Um, but it doesn't look like that they had too much room to work with in terms of like signing AJ Brown to that massive contract, just because they have some guys on some pretty pretty big contracts already. Yeah, I mean, they clearly weren't able to offer him enough money um, in their in their discussions to get it done. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate for the Titans, but it worked out for AJ Brown. Uh, you know, he still gets to do his thing with the Eagles. Um, you know, they would have just had to work on some other contracts. We've seen plenty of teams, you know, have that ability to work with their players and restructure contracts. Uh, the Saints, in particular, the Rams, uh, they've you know, they were able to backload a lot of contracts, keep bringing in their guys, uh, and keep doing salary cap magic. Uh, I'm not, you know, here to say I, I could have, you know, I know exactly what moves they were to, they could have made. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do know that A.J. Brown would have helped their team a lot um, compared to what they have now. They, they've been struggling all year um, from their wide receiver position. I'm pretty sure Tyree Kill has more wider, more receiving yards than their entire team. Um, and so, you know, even if, it's just Tyreek and no other player does like that's bad. No one receiver, even the leading receiver should have more receiving yards than your entire team, even if you're a run first team. Uh, so I think they're, you know, they could have definitely used him. So they should have made some magic, but if they can make the playoffs and Traylon can come on, who knows uh, who's to say, but I mean, can you he's a better receiver and he's going to be probably for the next few years. Can you really argue I mean, like the Titans are seven and three. They're top of their division. They're gonna win their division. Um, and like you said, like this team is a run first team. The team is built around Derrick Henry. Um, so maybe this is more of like a Mike Vrabel thing, where like the wide receivers just aren't as valuable in the Titan system. Um, so like, ang a wide yeah, but are they gonna win? Are they gonna win a playoff game like they did this last year with? Like, I don't know. Derrick Henry also wasn't healthy for that playoff game. So, like, maybe if Derrick Henry's healthy, like, they are able to win a playoff game. I don't know. I don't know. Derrick came back for the playoffs. He played in the playoffs. He had, he had 20 carries for 45 yards. Like, and he was, like, coming off a broken foot. So, like, it's he, he like, came back quickly from that just so he could yeah. play in that game. Um, I think if he's healthy, maybe they are a little bit more competitive. I don't know. I guess we'll see this year because they're probably going to make – they're probably going to win that division. Yep. I mean, they, they got to win playoff games and to have an alpha in the playoffs – helps a lot, but if they, if they're able to ride Henry and DT teams, then, you know, it's going to look like a good move because uh, they were able to keep all these other pieces here. But if they can't win in the playoffs, it's, you know, it's going to come into question at the very least. Very true. Can't disagree with that. All right, let's get into our next topic here. We're going to talk about uh, a quarterback that's been in the news a little bit recently. Um, a uh, Mr. Zach Wilson. Um, yeah, he had a pretty bad game against uh, the Patriots, which quarterbacks tend to do sometimes, um, uh, especially Zach Wilson. Uh, and then he, there was that story about him refusing to accept blame in the media. Uh, I've seen some stuff about how he didn't really like that reporter, um, and that kind of caused him to give a short answer. But that's what the story's taken on, so that's what really matters is how it's perceived. And it seems like a lot of Jets players, too, are starting to get sick of, yeah, uh, of Zach Wilson, too. I mean, included are, I think it was uh, Elijah Moore, I mean, obviously. Um, Elijah Moore, yeah. Yeah, didn't Garrett Wilson say something as well? It just, yeah. it, it's, 
It sounds like the defense is also pretty upset with him too. Yeah, I didn't see what Garrett Wilson said. Do either of you guys have that? Uh, I can look. Oh, but he was. Maybe I'm wrong. He no. Garrett Wilson said, um, "Like we're open. Like we have to find a way to get like play our playmakers the ball because like like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, like they're both dogs. Um, They're just like Zach Wilson can't get them the ball, so they're frustrated. Clearly, yeah, rightfully so." Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's tough against the the Patriots, but you know he hasn't he hasn't produced most of the year, so you know something's got to give. Something's got to give. That was a bad comment. You can't just say no when you score three points. I mean, you, you let the defense down. You, you just did. There's no denying it. Yeah, especially like as the you're the quarterback, you're the leader of the team, you're the leader of the locker room. Um, even even if you don't think it's your fault, you still have to accept blame. You have to accept responsibility because that's like what all the great quarterbacks do. Um, I've seen like clips where like Dak, he'll accept the blame. Josh Allen always accepts the blame after a loss. Um, So like Zach Wilson needs to like kind of mature a little bit just and like have that sort of like mindset shift where he has to be the leader of the team. He has to get the entire locker room behind him because it doesn't seem to be that way right now. Yeah, I agree. They said that after this week, uh, Fields also apologized to his defense for losing the game against Atlanta mm-hmm. and you know Fields played with a, a busted up shoulder was yeah. running all over the place uh you know trying to do everything he could and and put up a whole bunch of points a lot more than three I don't remember exactly their score um I think it was 24 um and so yeah I mean for that leader for him to show that leadership on the same week and take responsibility um for, for that loss after putting up a bunch more points, uh, playing through an injury, and then Zach Wilson on the other side, you know, to just say, no, I didn't let the defense down. It's a, it's a big contrast. It doesn't look good for Zach Wilson. Uh, and, you know, with Robert Sala saying that they're open for a QB change, we saw Joe Flacco win a few games this year, and we've seen uh, Mike White win a few games last Mike year. So, uh, who knows? I'm not sure who it might be. Flacco got the nod this year. I'd expect it to be the same. Uh, but... You know, if Zach Wilson gets benched, there's no telling he gets that job back ever. Um, it, it's a good team here uh, up in New York now. It's not the same old Jets. They're trying to win the game. They're not just, you know, looking to see who's the best prospect, who can eventually be the best player. You know, they're looking for wins now. They're looking at the playoffs this year. And I think that they're willing to make a change if Zach Wilson doesn't, you know, step up. Honestly, like props to Robert Sala um like this organization has been such a shit show for so long and then he comes in um and he starts building the team the right way he's building it around defense he's building it around grit around his um like um he's like he seems to be a little bit of a hard ass but like you kind of need that in the nfl um and so he's like really building up like the strength and mentality of the team and then the the week that zach wilson like like it Honestly, the Jets probably lost because of Zach Wilson. Like, he looked horrible. He was making terrible passes. And then he doesn't accept responsibility. And that's just, like, a terrible look for the entire Jets team. And then this past, I think it was Monday, I think yesterday, um, Robert Sala had a press conference scheduled for 3.15 p.m. Um, and he's always on time. He's never late to those sorts of uh, meetings. And he didn't show up for the first hour. It was, it was like, 4.20 and he like still wasn't at the press conference. Everyone's like, what is going on? This is like very uncharacteristic of Robert Sala. Like, where is he? He comes back like 
uh, I think an hour and a half after the scheduled press conference. And he said that he was sorry that he like uh, delayed the press conference and him and his uh, coaching staff, kind of like what everybody heard. Um, they were talking about how um, the QB position is kind of up in the air right now, just because it looks like Zach Wilson has lost the locker room. And once you do that, it's tough to be a cohesive organization. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's like, you wonder why Zach Wilson did this, you know, and it's just like, a, is it because, you know, I mean, you saw what, uh, what Booger McFarlane was saying about like Zach Wilson, just growing up a rich kid, you know, like never really, um, you know, had to deal with a lot of adversity. Now he's meeting adversity. He doesn't know how to handle it. You know, I don't know if I'm exactly buying that narrative, but like, you know, it, it kind of fits because like, you know, he's, he's been the Jets, the Jets in before had, were, had the ability to defend him. You know, they had the ability to defend him. Like we got to play our first round pick. That's what we have all these different stories. And now you throw out the goodwill that the organization's given you by acting like this, you know, you know, he deserves to be benched if, you know, besides just his play, he deserves to be benched with this reaction, you know, and bringing this media shit storm to the team when they don't need this attention after coming off a loss, but they're still in the playoff hunt, you know, and it just, it's completely the opposite of what they need. So it was incredibly immature at the least. And it just, I don't know. It's just really dumb. And I still don't quite get it because his arm's so talented. It's just the mind's not up to the arm, you know. He just doesn't have the mentality for it. I mean, he, his 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 numbers when he's when he's blitzing, when he's blitzed, excuse me, are terrible. Um, and it just doesn't seem like he can process it quickly enough at the NFL level. That was fine over there at BYU in the Mountain West. So, you know, I mean <laughs> – who would have thought it? <laughs> hey, I mean, there's a reason Jamarcus Russell went first overall. Jamarcus Russell that had arm. all of the arm talent in the world. Like he was like next level arm talent. Just didn't have the men- he didn't have the mentals. Um, he didn't study. He didn't. He wasn't a leader. So like, if you have talented, no work ethic, no mentals, then you're not going to make it as a professional uh, in the NFL. Yeah, I could see Zach Wilson finding success in some way of like he has to mature. Yeah, I was just going to say he gets benched for like a year and a half. Like this season, next year, he learns the NFL for that long. And maybe. I think if he finds success, it will probably be in that way unless he completely turns it around. Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at, I think, like, you know, in division, you have two on the other side. Like a lot of people discounted his physical traits, but his mental ability and his processing ability – is just incredible compared to most quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and and so you can see that even without the best arm strength in the league, like he's able to find these guys. Um, he's able to find Tyreek and, and uh, Waddle very effectively deep and across the middle. And Zach Wilson is just missing some of these reads. He has good receivers. Um, Garrett Wilson has been able to get open a ton. And Elijah Moore is much better than what we've seen this year. Um, but he just can't, he can't find the right guy. He's not making the right reads. Uh, well, just, you know, like you guys said, it, you, you can have all the arm strength in the world, but you know, you, you gotta be able to read the defense. So hopefully he can work on that, but it's, it's not getting done this season. One thing I wanted to bring up here, which is just a completely disgusting conversation is, uh, uh, right, is anyone picking up Mike White or Joe Flacco? 
I'm speculatively adding Mike White just just for the memes, just because like yeah. my, I, I'm I'm probably not picking up Joe Flacco because like he's almost forty. Like I don't know, like he'll he'll get you points, yeah. but like you know if you're if you're a contender, you don't want to be starting Joe Flacco. If you're a rebuilder, Joe Flacco might go off and put up twenty six points. You don't you don't need that on your as team. a contender with Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, and Zach Wilson. Do I pick up any of these individuals? Yeah, I mean, I think a contender like you without strong quarterbacks and who had Zach Wilson, you pick up probably Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, I agree. Mike I, White's I, been listed as the backup, though. But do you think they go to Flacco if uh, if uh, Flacco, Wilson's Flacco was the previous starter? If I had to guess, I would say if they had to choose, it would be Flacco. Uh, I think Mike White probably has better dynasty value because uh, he's younger, and who knows what they do next year. But uh, I. I think it will be Joe Flacco. They started in the beginning of the year. He won a, a game or two. Um, so that's my guess. Uh, but no. Actually, yeah. I will make one interesting comment. The Jets in the uh, fantasy playoffs actually have the second easiest quarterback schedule out of any NFL team. So there's potential. So they play the Lions in week 15. There's a big one. They play the Jaguars week 16, and they play the Seahawks week 17. Those are all kind of Ooh, all juicy. <sighs> my Brees Hall. Oh my god. Oh, he would have <laughs> ate. He would have <laughs> ate. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, Zach Wilson. Some of the defenses. I mean, the spell of we talked about this before he came back. The spell of defenses he played. He's played Pittsburgh, Miami, Green Bay, Denver, New England. Uh, yeah, but then Green Bay, Denver, New England, Buffalo, New England. Oh, yeah, that Christ. is a pretty rough draft. That's yeah. Tough. <laughs> yeah, that's I just got to throw the Bucks in there to make it just like the full circle. Well, like now. he's got to be able to make the easy throws. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not giving him any throws. excuses, but uh, but yeah, I, I think Mike White's the pickup here because Flacco Thanks. hasn't been dressed, and I don't know, I don't know why that he started the year, and then they went to Wilson, and then White became the backup over Flacco. Don't really know. Um, but that seems to be the pickup here. Uh, another quarterback that I wanted to mention quickly here, uh, that I think is interesting is Bryce Perkins. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious about it because Stafford is on a second concussion here in, uh, two weeks. Was it a concussion? Did they confirm that? He's in protocol, I believe. He's in protocol. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that. Um, so he's in protocol. And then John Wolford is A, a bum, B, has that neck injury. And Bryce Perkins played the third quarter, or some of the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter in the Rams game over England, five or 10, all the passing yards, but the rushing yards is where he makes his money. I think he had like 30 or 40 rushing yards. Uh, and I'm just saying, you know, the Rams are probably out of it this year. Uh, Perkins was five for 10, 64 yards, five carries, 39 yards. Let's get that in. But I'm curious of it as a speculative ad because especially if you're a contender, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I've watched many Bryce Perkins games where we all have as UVA fans. Um, I don't think he has like the best NFL arm ever. Like I think we can all agree on that, but let's say there's a scenario here where Stafford's out this week, Wolford's out this week and Bryce Perkins starts. That's a useful asset. If Bryce Perkins does well, and puts up fantasy points, which he probably will as a running quarterback, then you have an interesting asset there. And if they lose, which they probably will, I don't know how rushed they're going to be to bring back in Stafford for the rest of the season. Now, it's 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 just an interesting thought. 
it's an idea I want to throw out there. We try to find value where there's absolutely nothing there. I just think it's a curious idea uh, to talk about. I guess we'll see on Sunday because uh, I don't think Matt Stafford plays, but they're playing the Chiefs, and I kind of expect the game just kind of just to be too big for Bryce Perkins because, like, in college, like, Bryce Perkins relied a lot on, like, him being, like, way faster than everyone. And at the NFL level, like, these DNs, these linebackers are probably just as fast as Bryce Perkins. And he's not the biggest guy. He's only, what, like, 6'2", like, 190? No, no, Bryce Perkins is big. I think he's, like... Let me see. He's like two. He's listed at he's six two, three, two fifteen. Yeah, six he's three, big. Okay, that's yeah. that's a little bit bigger and um, gives a little bit of hope. But um, I don't know. I mean, he was he was a good he was a fun college quarterback to watch. Never put up like the craziest stats. Um, I guess sometimes on the ground. I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying you know if you can get a running quarterback in there for a couple weeks, man, you know that could be helpful for you. But. You know, it's unlikely, but it's I think so untrustworthy though. Like, yeah, in my opinion, yeah. I'd I'd rather pick up one of the Jets guys. Me I think too, you have man. a better chance at like actually starting one of the Jets quarterbacks than Bryce Perkins. Um, I I don't personally, I don't think Bryce Perkins has the ability to be a starting quarterback. Um, maybe he puts up points this week, but you're not going to start him in the first week, and I doubt they keep Matt Stafford out more than two weeks with the concussion protocol. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll see how bad his concussion is. Um, but Tua had a disgusting concussion and was rushed back in like three weeks. Um, and I, I just, I don't think that Bryce Perkins' game is currently on the NFL level. Uh, he doesn't look to be as fast as you know, comparatively to the other players as he did in, at Virginia. Um, his arm is not the strongest. Uh, I just don't. I, I would love Bryce Perkins to be a great quarterback. I just don't think it's quite there yet. Um, but the Rams do like him, and they let him play a ton in the preseason. He's had experience there, so maybe. But I just – personally, I don't see it. I would rather have a Jets quarterback if I was trying to compete. Um, maybe if I was rebuilding, I would just stick Bryce Perkins on the end of the bench. Um, but I, I just don't think he has quite the talent yet to be a, a starting-level quarterback. Yeah, I think like the max points that like Bryce Perkins scores on Sunday is like 15. And that's like max. Cause like when Malik Willis is out there, Malik Willis is an insane athlete. He doesn't put up any fantasy points because the defense knows what's coming. Um, and like with Bryce Perkins, he might only attempt like 10 passes just because like he doesn't have the arm talent or the processing ability to hit his receivers. Um, so I think the offense is going to be way more simplified. And the Rams have struggled all year with Matt Stafford at quarterback. So I expect them to struggle even more with Bryce Perkins at the helm. This offensive line can't block for shit. Um, there's no run game, whereas in Tennessee, at least they have Derrick Henry. Ooh, they're going to be handing off to Cam Akers. Oh, that's not scary at all to the defense. So I don't know. I don't see it. Okay. That ball is worthy of discussion. Um I'm kind of at the mindset if you have the roster space and there's a path there for a running quarterback to play, you can try to do it. Um, but, you know, I'm not expecting anything. I'm with you guys too. Um, but let's bring up some uh, running backs on the move this week. Uh, we got Melvin Gordon getting cut by the Denver Broncos. Uh, this solidifies my hatred as a Javante Williams owner uh, of the Broncos organization. 
And then we have the other running back cut, whose name is escaping me, Daryl Henderson, uh, was cut by the Rams. Um, Both of these situations are very funny to me. Um, First, because, like, I feel like Daryl Henderson's definitely not the worst running back on the Rams. I guess they're saving money. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's better than Cam Akers, probably, and – he gets he just kind of gets memed at this point for some reason. I don't know. McVeigh hates him I, I, for some reason. Uh, so I'm glad that Henderson's gone. I think Henderson like tweeted out a couple emojis, like kind of like indicating that he's, he's free. Hyped. Yeah, he's very hype. Um, I think yeah. it'd be funny if he ends up in Denver after um, after that. Uh, I'm a bit wary picking up someone like Latavius Murray this week just because of D- uh, Daryl Henderson being out in the open. Um, but and then with me, dudes, I think Melvin just probably washed. I mean, dude fumbles the ball all the time. I'm not too. He didn't, he didn't get picked up on waivers either. Oh, he didn't. Really? Oh, yeah, he was cut yesterday. Waiver. Yeah, nobody wanted him. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see gone. what happens to them. Those are those are two surprising cuts. Um, I think Kai's is right. Like, just interesting to see that Daryl Henderson gets cut from that team. Uh, my guess is it was probably more of an attitude thing, but I guess if Cam Akers had a bad attitude and didn't get cut, I don't know. Um, maybe Cam Akers said, give me the damn ball, cut this guy, or I'll, I'll go on on personal reasons again. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, it, it's very interesting. And it, it, like a lot of surprise running back cuts um, this past couple of weeks with Eno Benjamin as well. Yeah, um, I, I'm really excited for Latavius Murray, honestly. I mean, uh, with with uh, Chase Edmonds going on IR as well, um, Mike Boone being useless this whole year, I think maybe he's on IR too. And now cutting Melvin Gordon. Uh, Latavius was good last week. He had a touchdown, I think like 17 points almost. Um, he should be a good running back for that team. He, he's going to get every single touch, if if not, um, you know, by far the majority of them. So um, even if they bring in Daryl Henderson this week, I'm definitely playing Latavius and I'd continue to play him because he's the lead back there. They like him. They like him enough to cut Melvin Gordon after bringing him in. Uh, and, you know, they wouldn't They wouldn't even reduce Melvin's touches with Javante. So clearly there's something there. Um, it's an interesting cut, but uh, there's no real reason to be scared of Latavius Murray right now um, at all, in my opinion. He, he's been good. He's got touchdowns. The offense sucks, but he's still been fine with Melvin there, and now Melvin's not there. So – uh, I see no reason why he's not a good fantasy option going forward this year. Yeah, and he looks he looks really good out there. Like Latavius has the juice. Like he's he's big, he's fast, he's hard. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I like Latavius a lot too. Um, going back on the Daryl Henderson cut, um, maybe it was a money thing. I don't know. They only owed him a million dollars, so like, I don't really understand what they're saving there. But maybe they're just like. Pinching pennies over there. I have no idea. Like they, uh, the Rams are a disaster right now. They are supposed to get a top five pick this year with how bad they are. They don't even have their their first round pick. The Lions have it uh, from the Matthew Stafford trade. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Rams. Let, let, let's say, let's put our GM hats on again. What would you do as the Rams GM right now? I would not cut one of my starting running backs. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's already happened. What would you do going forward? There's nothing to do. No one was going to want to come to the team. There's no way they can get that first back from 
Uh, but do you Detroit. trade your play? Do you trade Cup? Do you trade Stafford? Do you try to trade some of the guys? Do you try to trade Aaron Donald? Do you try to I trade? Even, do they have their first next year? I mean, I don't think they have their first next year. I don't think they, so either. Yeah. I mean, you can't trade any of these guys. There's nothing to do except take an L on the season, and or or try to get better by the guys you have in your organization already. Most of the top free agents have already signed, and the ones that haven't like obj they're not coming to the rams like you had your chance to sign him and now your team sucks like ndamukong sue just signed with the eagles because the eagles are great the eagles look like they're super bowl contenders the eagles look like they're the best team in the league teams want to go or free agents want to go there nobody's going to come to the rams they don't have the money to sign anyone they don't have the draft capital to trade for anyone and now they're cutting players that play for them each week it i mean there is nothing to do other than take your loss on this season or, or hope that your players somehow get better and you start winning games. If you were the GM and another GM came to you and offered you two first for Cooper Cup, you take it. Yeah, but I don't think that's happening. Yeah, that's not happening now, well, especially with the injury. Not, not, with, not with him injured, but like let's say next it, season. It probably, no, I mean, if A.J. Brown goes for the 18th pick, Cooper Cup's not going for shit. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's a bit different with Brown needing the contract extension and Cup being what, what did Tyreek get? Tyreek was a first and a second, yeah, something that like that. Like, yeah, that'll be my official stance, okay. But um, again, like Cup's gonna be 30 next year, he's already on a big contract, I'm pretty sure. Not maybe it's not massive, but uh, I mean. Yeah, you don't trade two first-round picks for a 30-year-old receiver when you just saw a 24-year-old receiver go for one. Yeah, that's true. That's There's true. all these receivers in the league, like, coming into the league, too. Some of these dudes look so good. Like, yeah, I don't see any team coming anywhere close to two first. For maybe, maybe you could go ahead and try to trade a guy like Daryl Henderson. Oh, wait, never mind. You just cut him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they tried, though. I'm sure they I tried. I don't know what's happening over in L.A., where would y'all where would y'all be interested most in Henderson going? Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas, Kansas City. City. I don't know. Pacheco looked pretty good this week. Pacheco did look good. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And McKinnon uh, can still pass catch. Like, I mean, he fumbled this week, but he's still but Clyde's hurt. Clyde's hurt now. So like they've used like a three headed monster over there. Um, that's true. But they don't need to. I mean, two is Yeah, fun. they don't. That's that's very true. Yeah. Um, and it's not like that exciting. like it, you know, they'll still use three even if Daryl shows up. He's not gonna be the lead back. Yeah, that's true. Um, There's no real exciting. He's not going to be the lead back anywhere, is he? Yeah, Daryl's just going to go to like the Bears, and he's going to ruin. I was going to say that. I was honestly going to say the Bears. I was uh, just going to say that. Why would the Bears trade for him though? I guess Herbert. They don't have to to trade for anybody. They'll pick him up. Yeah, Yeah. but they'll do it anyways. (laughs) He got cut. (laughs) He got cut. Yeah, Yeah. with Herbert out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I saw something. They said Seahawks. Pacheco always runs like he has the uh, the star in uh, in in Mario in Mario Kart. <laughs> he does. He looks funny. I mean, like the way he kind of like speeds up. He looks real angry for like like half a second. He's like working himself up to like pull over. Yeah, then he just goes. <laughs> yeah. How about Isaiah Pacheco though? Honestly, like shout out to the like fantasy community for predicting that in some way. You know, not saying it was a likelihood, but like I, Pacheco was like a popular name like early on, even like. Like, like before training camp. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I mean, I speculatively, speculatively added him. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty impressive across the board from everybody. Good job. 
Um, but yeah, that's good for him. Clyde Edwards Olaire is a is a bum and then he got hurt too. So uh do y'all ever think there's any potential for like someone to just take over that wide receiver that running back room one day and like actually make it like a very uh, valuable I mean, fantasy commodity? It would take like a next level sort of athlete. Um, like if Bijan goes there, yeah, of course he's taking that. <sighs> well, Bijan goes to the Chiefs. Fuck. <laughs> he he would be an incredible running back if he went to the yeah. Chiefs. He'd be the yeah. RB one before he even plays an NFL snap. Yeah, I think I think they'd have to bring someone else in. Uh, for them to have a workhorse, I don't think Pacheco is going to be a workhorse. No, you know, every yeah. down back and the guys they have there obviously aren't. You know, so so, yeah, I think they'd have to bring someone else in. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that can wrap up the episode for this week. Here, uh, thank you everybody for listening in on your Thanksgiving. I appreciate y'all. We uh, are thankful for you, and I uh, hope you enjoy the holiday. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Sir.